Hey guys, I'm Ashley Powers. And I'm Caroline King. And you're listening to Bitch Beer. This week we sat down with Tessa Hockness, general manager of Scofflaw Brewing Company. It's no secret that Scofflaw has always done things their way, and Tessa is the badass who keeps those wild goats tamed. <laughs> We've had Tessa as a guest briefly on our Atlanta Beer Bus episode. This time, we had the chance to chill on their beautiful patio and really get to know her and where she came from. Now you can too. Yeah. Hey, girl. How's it going? Good. We're with Tessa from Scofflaw. This is amazing. We're outside on their beautiful patio. It's nice outside, finally. In January. Mm -hmm. Finally. We got lucky. So it's a busy day inside today. You know, it's always busy inside but today is extremely busy i think we have three different construction groups here as wow. well as new brews and our ginormous canning line is going so it's never a dull moment for sure <laughs> so so what's all what, what all what is all of the new things going on here um so we expanded we're going from a 15 barrel system to a 50 barrel system hell yeah uh along the way of course there's been little hiccups i our boiler got delivered and it was bigger than our brew deck and twice as big as the boiler room. Oh, so, wow. you know, that was step one was making a room for it. Um, I think we've had to upgrade everything from water to electricity. Um, I think it's been fun. If you were the director of operations, he would probably tell you opposite. But um, <laughs> it's cool to see all the progress. And it's especially cool to be here day after day and see everybody in here and all the hard work that they're doing, you know, so much of that stuff happens at the industrial level usually, but we have um, groups from Florida in here putting in our mills and, you know, all the little details are finally starting to come together. So hopefully by, you know, spring, late spring, we'll be (laughs) up and running. I always say that, but you know, construction timelines never quite work. I was going to say, if you want, we can get you to record every month and time of the year, and then we'll place it into whatever is accurate when this episode comes (laughs) up. Yeah, I know. Um, there for a while, I'm hoping to get some private space because we have so many people who want to rent from us. For sure. Um, and I don't know if you've been here on a Friday or Saturday, but uh-huh. a lot of times it's, it's standing room only and yeah. I can't even reserve tables. And I want to be able to do wedding rehearsals and everything else. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've been politely asking all those brides to just be patient and it doesn't always quite work that way, of course. <laughs> but um, With I'm, brides? Yeah, no. Like, they you, seem like such really reasonable like people. <laughs> I know. I want to plan it out. I don't get it. My, my sister definitely didn't turn into a dragon when she was planning her uh, wedding so yeah I've been down that road so I, I was probably the easiest going bride I just let my mom do it all there you go you know? so one thing that I mean I really like about Scofflaw I mean you got you guys's beer is just so good and it, it's I feel like it's on a lot of tap lists around town oh like, I see you guys everywhere yeah it's um so what's been like the new like crowd fa- favorite that you know Pog is always that crowd favorite. That's something that we open with mostly IPAs and stouts. And Mm -hmm. there for a while, we even made a joke that um, our next triple IPA, we were going to call a Hoppy Blonde Imperial Porter. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because people kept asking for porters and everything else. And we're like, (laughs) we're going to do it. We're just going to call it a Hoppy Blonde. Um, But I think that Pog really was the one that crossed all of these um, lines of people who didn't like traditional IPAs. Um, so that one's pretty popular. The more that we get kind of our cores out there, um, before, when I first moved here, 
I would sell all the core six packs in the tasting room and the bottle shops weren't getting them. So we actually kind of made this um, commitment that we weren't going to sell Basement, Pog, Double Jeopardy, or Hooligan here in the tap room, um, which was a huge hit for me because I really like to make money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it allowed other people to get their hands on it that weren't just in this little local neighborhood visiting the brewery. Um, and I've seen Hooligan really take off. That's, you know, the staff favorite. That's what I'm sipping right now. It's any delicious. given day. Yeah. Um, that's the beer that won me over the first time I ever visited Scofflaw. Um, I came to see JP and Matt. I've known them for years. And the first beer they put in my hand was the Hooligan. And I was like, wow, this is just so different than, you know, this haze phase of IPAs. It's crisp. It's clean. No bittering hops. It's just a really good balanced, easy drinking beer. Yeah. That's awesome. You told us a story before we started that you oh, were yeah. gifted a mug that you are currently drinking. And <laughs> yes. what does the mug say? It says it's motherfucking tea time. <laughs> and I am drinking beer out of it, yes. yes. Um, so, yeah, I worked for the owner of Scofflaw and his family in Arizona. He owns several craft beer bars. And when I left Arizona, I moved to Florida. Um, Scofflaw was getting ready to get up on its feet. But with Georgia Laws, there really wasn't a place for me in the tap room. Mm -hmm. Um, Previously, it was tours and tickets. You could only be open three days a week. Um, Very governed. So um, I moved to Tampa, and my staff got me this awesome gift along with um, JP. And when I moved to Tampa, I think my final straw, realizing I can't work for corporate, is when my regional manager very unkindly threw this across the room and told me I shouldn't have it at work. So took my mug, and I left. Mm-hmm. Now I'm back at Scofflaw, and I bring my mug to work with me every day. Yeah, that's that's so, such a cool you know, story. Yeah, yeah. And, I like that. And, and the line that you said earlier that I loved was that you would rather work for somebody that would give you a mug like that than make you hide it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's favorite thing about craft culture is it really is a culture, and it's fun. Yeah. And the moment it stops being fun, I probably will go find a new job in a right. different different sure. area. So. I'm a firm believer in that. You know, I'm 34 and I've been working for craft breweries. I started when I was 15. So it's not always been my main job, but it's always been something that I've been a part of. So that's awesome. You know, that childhood dream, everybody wanted to be a firefighter and everybody wanted to do this. And I was just working at a brewery. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. What were you doing at 15? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, It was kind of funny. Um, I come from a family that's pretty conservative. They don't drink. They don't really cuss and then they have me um so there was a while where my parents were like is this an addiction and then um I think it was my brother's college graduation he went to school in Fort Collins and taking my mom on her first beer tour and she's like wow there's a science behind this but um I come from a town Cortez Colorado um that's mostly ranching and farming um we have one Chinese restaurant we have one high school I graduated with 120 people so very small but Um, in school, I always did sports and when I didn't do sports, I had to have a job. Mm -hmm. So I was friends every day. I'd ride my bike to school and I was friends with a kid who was basically a bar back at this brewery. Um, Colorado laws wouldn't let me work with alcohol until I was, I want to say 17. So for my first two years, the only place in the brewery that you're not working and it was a brew pub. I couldn't even work in the restaurant. The only thing I could do was work on the brew deck. Um, and naturally I was not brewing at 15 in my youth. Um, but I got to, you know, carry up malt, um, clean. I did a lot of cleaning. Um, 
I'm five foot three. I'm small now, but back then I could fit into a lot of small spots. So I think that's why they liked me. They were like, we're going to need you to climb down in here and clean this. Put you in a brush dress and drop you in places. It was. So I did that for a while. It was a very small family owned brewery, um, German family who had taken it over. It's always cool to go back because one of the girls I went to high school with owns it now. Wow. It's still the same brewer. I mean, he's been there for 12 years, but. it was my box and Doppelbox and Crystal Weissens and um, things that you don't traditionally see brewed these days. Right. Um, so I think that's really what gave me that appreciation for beer was seeing the background behind it and how it was made and, you know, hearing the stories of, well, this was actually a mistake and we did it this way and it turned out like this and being a part of that. Um, I'd come home covered in paste because I would sit there for hours and just roll labels onto bottles um, and it was an old school like looks like a little paint foam roller that you'd sit there and mm-hmm. um I loved it I stayed That's there awesome. I would come back on the breaks from college and I would work there in the summer and um like everybody else in my hometown I was a lifeguard so I did the two but after that it's just you know everywhere you move there's craft breweries and having that experience has really helped me um create the resume I have I've gotten very lucky being able to move places and um People are like, oh, wow, you've been doing this forever. You must know what you're doing, even though half the time I don't. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've got to live in Hawaii and work for Kona. I was down in Tampa. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I loved it. You know, um, it was really that push for them to become sustainable right. um, and get away from glass and into the cans and seeing that culture out there. Um, they were just so separate from everything else. Um, and I really did love it. Yeah. You know, they... They unfortunately went into alliance with CBA, and and that for me was the first time experiencing kind of those changes that happen. Right. Being mainland and trying to drink the beer and being like, well, this is different. Yeah. And realizing, you know, that wherever you go regionally, beer just changes. Yeah. um, But I loved Hawaii. I loved Florida. That's awesome. Um, How long were you in Hawaii for? uh, I was in Hawaii for two years. Wow. So short, short period of time. I actually was in grad school. And I had just gone through a divorce and I decided to go out and drink with friends. And while doing so, I decided it was a great idea to buy a one-way plane ticket to Hawaii with three-day insurance. So I put it out for two weeks and three days and woke up the next day and I was like, man, what was I thinking? And it was negative 13 degrees and I gave my three weeks to the grad program. I think I was a intern counselor at the middle school working at a little brewery and I put all my stuff in storage and decided just to go. So it was, that is it was a lot of fun. Um, people always talk about Island fever and I think I just <laughs> went with the intention of knowing that it was a break. Yeah. And even on the days I was sick or bad days, I made sure I touched the ocean every single day. Wow. And you know, after two years it was a good amount of time and I decided it was time to make my way back and ended up in Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I met the owners of Scofflaw. That's so cool. That's so, so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's definitely the beer world is so small. Yeah. It's, very tight-knit it's fun to go places like cbc and see people i've known forever you know it's probably my favorite thing about it that's awesome. one large family we don't all like each other but we're one large family <laughs> what family that's likes family. each other right exactly. Exactly. so we often ask our guests like what's it like to be a woman in beer but we've never got the opportunity to ask what was it like to be so young like a young young woman in beer you know i think that it really made me lucky. I sometimes often have blinders on when it comes to this. And that's a question um, I've, I've been asked quite a bit. And I always wonder how much I let people down in those answers. Uh, 
I've never really let it be a problem for me. Yeah. You know, I have been doing this and you get the snide little comments every so often. I think my first time coming into um, a craft beer bar in Atlanta, I ordered an IPA and somebody was like, oh, it's so nice to see a woman get out of her comfort zone. Oh. And I was like, oh man. Like, I wish I could have been there. <laughs> yeah, I don't need anybody to mansplain beer to me, but I felt sorry for him. Yeah. You know, at that time, Georgia was still very young in the craft scene. Um, and the people who are truly educated, I think about craft beer, know some of these like just amazing people. I, I feel like the craft beer world is pretty dominated by women right now and a strong set of women. It's good. Yeah, for sure. You definitely get those people who come in and I see controversy all the time about, oh, well, their beer label was sexualizing women. And, you know, those are subjects that I'm so far from that I, it never really would affect me. Yeah. Um, But I think that as craft beer grows and it welcomes more people, um, it's a good reason to be more sensitive to people. Right. Um, I'm more concerned about being able to buy boots that aren't hot pink or hot purple that are women's sizes so for me that's the real fight not the sexualization of women on beer bottles um because if i brew a beer and make a label i'm putting a beautiful half-naked man on it and you know that's how i feel i'm also really lucky to be here at scofflaw we have some really badass women here um are the lady who pretty much runs all of our quality and control i really look up to her Lindsay. Um, and she's really on the progressive side of beer. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I've just been lucky to be around people, uh, working in the back of the house, I think is kind of where it's shown a little bit more. Uh, I remember starting on a packaging line in Arizona and I was the first woman in their brew house and they had a stack pallets because I'm so short and, you know, and (laughs) pulling those, my shoulders, they were in such good shape, you know, pulling six packs constantly and, um, you know, I think as craft beer has grown and these people who make machinery and everything else has become very much more friendly for not just women, but men who are not these big bearded, beerly men, burly men. You know, we have all different sizes now. Yeah. So I'm also lucky. I'm in a part of the brewery that's pretty dominated by women being a manager at the front of the house. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Badass. That's super cool. Notice you have a ton new beer on tap right now. Can you tell us about some of your favorites? Yeah. um, I think I was telling you guys a little bit earlier, it's not new, but goat's milk over here is probably one of my favorite beers to drink. Uh, It's a milkshake IPA, mango and strawberry. Um, For me, that's kind of the story of Scofflaw right there. the gentleman who makes that beer started as our first bar back in our tap room. Wow. Nice. Um, he is a brewer. He's probably one of my favorite people um, just to sit and socialize with when it comes to beer and culture and society and everything else. But it's cool to see him work his way to the top. And it started off as a cask. We used to do casks pretty much every week here and became so popular that we turned it into a beer. And it's the one that most people ask about. Um, my favorite thing about Scofflaw is really bridging that gap, that gap between IPA drinkers and non-IPA drinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I get to make the menus and descriptions, so oftentimes I'll lead off keywords like IPA, and you'll come in and you'll see people be in love with that beer, and then you're like, did you know that's an IPA? And they're like, what? No way. So, you know, again, I think you have your beer tins that are true to their style, and then you have this group of people who are really starting to do milkshakes and sours and you always hear people complain about one or the other but I just think it's it's fun you know if you can drink a beer and actually 
have fun doing it and learning about it and grabbing a whole group of people who never thought they would like beer, then why wouldn't you? Exactly. That's really cool. So um, we have a couple of beers on tap that we've kind of teamed up locally with people. Um, Ornsby's, which is a little local bar that we love. They yeah. have the milkshake IPA. Um, again, it's a milkshake IPA, but I was saying inside, my favorite thing about it is there's no fruit in it. So I really love the education of the beer and how it comes and the hops and what they can do and how you can manipulate them. So for me, it's cool to see a single hops IPA that tastes different than it does in, you know, double jeopardy. Uh, so it kind of yeah. shows off what that hop does to our staff, which kind of gives them an understanding of it. Um, interrogation, we team up with Brash Coffee, um, a little local coffee shop. Um, they're so serious about their product that I love it. You know, he hand grinds that coffee hours before it comes in just because he wants to make sure that it's at its best and that oil is there. So it's nice when you get products from people that care just as much about their stuff as you do your product. Yeah. So. It is no secret, Ash and I are huge fans of the Atlanta Beer Bus and we have some pretty exciting news. Atlanta Beer Bus loves us back and loves all of you back. We have an exclusive code for Bitch Beer listeners. BB20 will get you 20% off your ticket. And uh, where can they find their tickets, Caroline? Uh, if you go to atlantabeerbus.com, you can see the full schedule and you can look at all the breweries you can go to. You can book either a public tour. You can do a private tour if you want to. If you've got a bachelorette party, you've got Ooh. some girlfriends in town. If you know that you've got a family member coming in, they have early bird specials where you can book your tickets in advance for even cheaper. And I mean, the whole thing with the beer buses, it's pretty great because you don't have to drink and drive. If you're at Second Self and you want to go to Scofflaw, hop on the bus. They make it easy. It's really fun. They have a beer nerd on the bus that'll tell you about each brewery. It's a really, really, really fun experience. And they've recently added a Decatur route where you can stop at places like Wild Heaven and brew pubs like Twain's and Brick Store, which is not something yes. they were doing before. And Wrecking Bar, too. And the Porter. Go see Molly Gunn. She's the best. <laughs> <laughs> if all of that sounds incredible to you, then you should take the opportunity as a Bitch Beer listener to use code BB20 to get 20% off your tickets. And you can use the code for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And again, 20% off your ticket. You're getting money off of your ticket. It's already pretty cheap to get on this bus considering how many places you can go. So if this weekend you're thinking you'd like to have a couple beers, or if you'd like to drink half of Atlanta, use code BB20 at AtlantaBeerBus.com. Yeah. And I also tried a sample of the raspberry wheat. That raspberry flavor is exactly the raspberry chocolates that you get for Valentine's Day, and I love it so much. Yeah, that that's kind of one. Um, I always make an effort to drink more of the beer that I personally don't feel like I love, um, but that's one that's really grown on me because that raspberry you can drink all the time, and people will be like, oh, it's a little bit tarter than I thought, and I'm like, well, it's real raspberry. You know, raspberry yeah. isn't that Jolly Rancher, but it is. It's that chocolate that you get that raspberry added to, but I... I do like it. I like the color of it. I like yeah. that it's kind of lower in gravity. That's something that Scofflaw doesn't have a lot of. I mean, our that flagship was, yeah. <laughs> our flagship beer is 7.5. And then, <laughs> you know, from there, 10.5. I think 8 is a pretty average beer for us. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was going to be the next thing I talked about. Because every time I come here, I always have to remind myself, like, keep your cool, Caroline. I know the beer is delicious, but keep it to, like, one or two. <laughs> You know, that, and it's huge, especially from my standpoint, um, responsible vending is something that's so important mm -hmm. and people forget how much my bartenders 
really face, you know, they could go to jail. For sure. Um, so I think that a manager's number one job is making sure they're walking around and making sure people are okay. Yeah. Um, I've been to places where people are jerks when they cut people off, but yeah. we've all been there and people don't understand how high gravity our beers can be. I've seen grown men, you know, fall off their bar stools because yeah. they've had two or three DJs and it's like, yeah, well that one's, you know, 10%. So yeah. of course, um, but I think having the lift program in Georgia, which mm-hmm. has just Huge. been incredible. I give so much out to the guild for setting that up and doing that. They really, you know, I've had, I network a lot, especially having lived so many places. And I've had people from New Orleans. I've had people from Texas. I've had people from Colorado reach out and be like, how did you guys do this? And yeah. it's like, you know, they just asked. Yeah. And we all want people to get home safe. I always have places for people to park their cars. You know, I always give my card out. Feel free to text me. Let me know when you're coming back. Yeah. Um, but I think that the safety of your customers should always be number one. Because in the end, we're not big enough. If if we get sued, we're all losing our jobs, you for know. Sure. So, A, safety, and B, just get that liability out there. Yeah, for Because sure. Atlanta's such a driving city to where, like, you have one or two beers. You really can't, like... You really can't drive home and being able to know that like your car will be there the next day like and not be towed and like also you'll get home safe with your lift is pretty awesome. Definitely. That's kind of been something that's been, you know, huge for us. We do a lot of kid friendly events. And at first I was like, whoa, you're putting me here and there's children. That's not really my thing. (laughs) Um, But I love our kids and I love the group of parents that come in. They really this neighborhood really makes us who we are you know they they're the ones walking up the road with a red wagon with their kids and I kind of had to be the jerk when I first moved here and I was the person standing at the gate collecting plastic cups of beer and telling them they couldn't leave with it and they're like well we've always been allowed to and it's like yeah but now we're bigger and now people are watching us and I the worst thing that could happen is for you to get caught with your children walking down this road intoxicated with beer in your hands yeah um but you know, having those kids here and offering beer, which is not 10%. You know, we have our Just Beer, which is, what, 4.4%. And yeah. uh, Jay Walker, which is our only sessionable IPA, which gives people options. We keep juice boxes. That throws people off, Capri Suns and juice boxes. <laughs> I give those to more drunk adults than I do children. Yeah. Um, and I love it. You know, we, we always make sure when we do our petting zoo or Easter Santa that we have water on tap that you know, we flavored and it's like our own version of seltzer water. And That's cool. it gives people the option to continue to sit there, be, you know, social and have something to sip on and give you a break. And so I think those are important things that we've kind of started to do for people. That's awesome. So I remember the last time that we spoke with you, you said that IPAs and sours are some of your favorites. So besides Scofflaw beer, what are your favorite beers to drink right now? Ooh, so IPAs and sours for sure. Um, I'm a huge, certain stouts I'm a huge fan of. I really like the traditional, like the Nikasi ground control, but I'm also a huge fan of like Angry Chair. That's my favorite brewery. They have yet to put out something that I don't love from their IPAs to, to their sours even. Um, so locally I have to give ode to my boys over at Pontoon because they're so great. Yeah. They're just wonderful and they're awesome. But seeing them kind of take the wheel on doing things differently and doing the fruit first fruit lactose sour um that's easy drinking like you know they and variant kind of really push that and i and i love how experimental they are um but 
I'm always there drinking their beers. Um, IPAs down to a T. Favorite beer, Firestone Walker Double Jack. I I haven't had that one yet. Oh, yeah. Y'all have told me about it, oh, and yeah. I still need to try it. You know, our brewmaster, Travis, uh, that was when I I thought I loved Travis. I always felt like I loved Travis, <laughs> but one day I heard him telling somebody in an interview that that was his favorite beer, and I was like, boom, you just, you're, you're my person, man. <laughs> like, our, my drinking twin. Yeah. Um, yeah, Firestone Walker has always done right, I feel like, in all of their their stuff. You know, I go places that... I just went to Chicago and I got more excited that I saw Firestone Walker on tap than I than anything. And you know, there's all the local beers, and it's like, oh, I feel bad, but also like I haven't seen this in like on six tap. Years. Yeah, I love so um, Odell Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a slight obsession with Odell. I have a slight obsession with one of their brewers. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny because that's the brewer that JP and Matt always send me pictures of anytime he's around, or and I'm like, oh. Oh, that's my first. You know, people have the celebrity crushes. Yeah. He was my celebrity crush. But, I love that. Um, Odell Freak, their cherry sour. I Ooh, love it. That sounds good. So, um, you know, Petrus Staged Red was my first. Oh, yeah. We uh, love Petrus. Yeah. I, I really. They're a great one. I send that beer and Castile Rouge out to everybody. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you're getting married. Here's a bottle of Castile Rouge. Even if you don't like beer, you're going to like that beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. I've met a lot of people, especially friends. Like, my mom is not a craft beer drinker, and I opened a Petra Stage Red at Thanksgiving one year, and she's like, this is amazing. So, um, I don't know. I'm kind of all over the board. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, does Scoffall have anything upcoming, whether it's events or beer that's in the works that you can talk to us about? We have a lot coming. Um, We are in a really exciting stage of our growth right now. Um, my favorite thing about Matt is he is one of the smartest businessmen I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and he did not open this brewery with no intention of growing. You know, he, he opened it and he set himself up for success and gave himself the room and the opportunity to expand his cellar. Um, and I love that. We just got to the point where we expanded our cellar, um, got all of our new fermenters in place, uh, we can do tall boys with our canning line. I've just learned that. The guys in the back call them, uh, oh gosh, I'll have to think of it, but crushers. And I'm like, nobody, those are not called crushers. Those are actually the opposite of crushers. Yeah, yeah. should not be crushing those. Yeah, the crusher for me is like a five ounce can. Yeah, yeah. like a pony um, back for me. Like. But, you know, so, exactly. Um, we just announced that we are moving into new space. It is only about a mile and a half from here, if even that. Wow. Um, it kind of throws people off because they're like, why are you opening so close? Um, we really got lucky with that opportunity. Uh, it's going to be just incredible. Our patio is, I believe, the size of our tasting room. Um, there's wow. going to be another production facility there. So we're going to be able to do more one-offs. Right now, you know, our tap list will go from, we have 35 beers at our um, two-year anniversary party, which was just incredible wow. for us. Um, to, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then it got down to like five there for a while, five or six. And people were just mind blown. They're like, what happened to all your beer? And it's like, well, we're moving stuff. And, you know, trying to keep up with those cores that are in such high demand. We just moved into Alabama. But having that additional production facility will give us more of a chance to, you know, kind of do some of those fun things that we really haven't experienced that much. Yeah. Um, There'll be a concert venue right up there. So oh my gosh, I, I of course, so cool. my favorite thing is turning beer into money. So I'm yeah. like, you know, it's open open container concepts. How many crawlers can we sell? You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, 
it'll be a fun and exciting thing for us. Well, congratulations. You know? That's Thank awesome. You. That is so yeah. exciting. So when is that opening? Who? Um, I have heard talk of early 2019. Cool. Um, hopefully that'll be kind of true to point because I'm so excited about it that I feel like that's forever away. Yeah. You know? like, I want it to be here now. Yeah. Right. Let's do it now. But and also before I forget, your new can art has been so fucking cool. Who does it? Okay. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, so we did the Dirty Beaches, which is one of my favorite can arts that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, the gentleman who did all of our can art and all of our t-shirts and kind of really pushed us to the next level was Josh Jamison. He's a chalkboard artist. You'll see his work. Oh, cool. Torch Top, um, just all over, you know, Brick Store. He um, is awesome, but unfortunately we couldn't hoard him to ourselves forever. Um, but the funny story about that is uh, I always called him my work husband because we work so close together, Aww. you know, trying to get the menus and the merchandise and all of that good stuff out there. But I remember texting him and being like, wow, I love this can. It's my favorite piece you've ever done. And then it was radio silence. And I was like, hey, jerk face, answer me right the fuck now. Yeah. Cool can. This is where you say thank you. And he wrote back and he was like, thank you. Also, it's not my art. And I was like, oh, man, sorry, I'm a jerk. Um, (laughs) But that was the artist from Victory Sandwich Bar. That's a beer that we did in collaboration with them. They did a phenomenal job. But people... I swear that can art has really helped push that beer off the shelf. You know, at first it was fun. Um, We can't do anything without having good beer. Like that really goes back to the people in the back. You, we could have the funnest tap room in the world and the best can art, but if the beer wasn't good, nobody would care. Yeah. Um, The newest can, the Napolitan milk stout Mm -hmm. is very different than anything that I've ever seen us do. And it kind of was just kind of pushed out there to see how it would go um we get mixed reviews on it some people love it some people don't um everybody thinks it's me because like my profile picture is me and a unicorn and people for some reason think I'm obsessed with unicorns (laughs) I don't know where that came from but uh yeah there's a unicorn on it and I've had several people at the brewery be like I know you did this and I'm like dude I wish I could draw but no it had nothing to do with me (laughs) so um I'm excited to see what else we do. Yeah. We're still in that phase of where we're growing our brands. It was really easy for us to be recognizable in our local market. But now you have the opportunity to get your beer in different states and different countries potentially. Um, And you want to make sure that you have your main logo and that you that people look at it and are just like, oh, wow, I know who that is. Yeah. Um, Hidden Spring Ale Works. They do some of the coolest can art I've ever seen. But it changes. Every can is different, but when you see it, you're like, that's Hidden Springs. You know, you can see it from across the room. So I think we'll get there. And I think that's probably, well, I know that's probably one of the priorities that, um, Matt, our owner and JP and our, um, PR lady, Morgan, who is just incredible, um, kind of top of their list to make sure that our branding is right where it needs to be. That's awesome. Very cool. That's super cool. Um, so is your, is, is Scofflaw available internationally yet? Is it, no, not internationally. Okay. Um, we did proceed to go overseas mm-hmm. um, to the Brew Dog. I forgot what it's called. It was a week of um, collaborations. But we went out there, um, had a mishap, unfortunately, with mm-hmm. um, public relations. Um, it kind of turned out in the end, it wasn't fun because it turned into a legal thing, I'm sure. But we kind of still don't really know what happened with that. That's kind of been one of our, like, we were here, we heard about it just the way everybody else did. Um, 
But with that, we got a lot of public recognition. And, you know, for me, it was cool because I got to see the community really come together. Mm -hmm. We had other brewers. We had other brewery staff bringing us six packs, like standing up for us, coming in. Um, I think that it's only going to be a matter of time. You know, Um, this local market has been incredible to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, The little states around us are incredible. But after a while, you just want to get your beer in everybody's hands yeah I know every time I come home like I always bring like random beers back to um back to my parents and they were like oh this basement is delicious and so they always ask for it so (laughs) yeah and and basements on tap at Village Theater where I do improv and every time I want a beer I grab a basement it's awesome Yeah. yeah that's it's such an easy drinking beer you know um it's one that I give a lot of respect to because that's not my first beer um same as Pog Basement which is the Passion Orange Guava um but I flipped through like five kegs of that in the tap room per week. So, you know, I'm learning that my opinion isn't the only opinion. It's been a really hard thing for me as a female, <laughs> but that's true. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun to see us grow. It's fun to see us get out of there. Um, I believe we started, I was looking at numbers a while back and there was eight staff when I first had came here and I believe we're at 35. So the jobs that have been created wow. for people here too are just awesome. That's amazing. So, yeah. And growing, we need more, you yeah. know? Oh my gosh. Because I mean, it's only been, how long has it been for Scofflaw now? Um, um, we celebrated our two year anniversary September I, last year. So oh my gosh, that's right. I keep thinking it's been yeah. longer, but and I, know, I know you've probably said it about eight times in this interview, but I'm on antibiotics. So I'm just a little out of it. <laughs> why you should be able to drink beer. It I helps. Know, um, <laughs> no, so Scuffle actually, they started um, in Matt mother-in-law's basement. That so is that so is where cool. the word basement IPA, IPA comes from. Um, Grandma Jenny Sorry. is awesome. And I've known her forever, but she she has her basement and that's where Travis and Matt started brewing. It's always funny to hear her tell the story because she's like, everybody thought it was a meth lab. Like (laughs) they almost got the porch on fire. There's all these alarms and you know, her taking me down and showing me around. But, um, yeah, they brewed basement. They would sling it to all the neighborhood kids and the Margaret Mitchell kids, um, parents. Let me correct that. Um, (laughs) Don't edit that one. Um, so they would walk around with, um, their children on Halloween and, they still do it. They come in and pick up a bunch of cases of beer and just hand it out to the neighborhood and that is so cool. have fun. And they're really the people who were our first fans. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love that story. Yeah. And now you guys are moving to an even bigger and better place, which is awesome. So yeah. I'm just going to keep growing. Yep. And we're always going to keep this. This will always be, you know, you guys got to see how much of a work brewery we are. We have a lot of people who want to come in and do, you know, presentations and meetings. And it's like, well, you know, we're milling in and we have five forklifts and we're canning and deliveries and it's hard to get people up here during the day. So me opening at noon is kind of created kind of that head, but I have sometimes with the back of the house where it's like, I know that you want to do this, but the number one thing is safety. And we have kids and dogs outside Mm -hmm. sometimes, not all the time, but you know, um, for us, the neighborhood and the kids and there's usually sidewalk chalk everywhere out here nice. half of it's adults like yeah. you know <laughs> I was about to say I, I, I want some yeah. <laughs> so um it's fun to grow but it's fun to you know stay with your roots um for me I was briefly at Cigar City and I got to show around somebody who um was a part of Cigar City's like growth from the beginning to I think they left 
right before I left. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, hearing him talk about the logistics side of things and how we're right on track with where they were um, is really exciting for me because that's a brewery that I can compare things to in the end and see. Um, I think for Georgia, it was really scary because every I would get the question all the time, are you guys growing just to sell? And it's like, well, no, I don't think anybody puts everything they have in and not see it be successful for several years. But yeah. I think we really were the first brewery. I mean, Sweetwater, Creature Comforts, I give them so much ode because they really, you know, were the people who were the foundation of Georgia beer. For sure. Um, but when those laws changed is when we were in our prime to really make that growth. That's um, awesome. So I, I've been lucky to eavesdrop in on Matt quite a bit when he gives interviews. <laughs> um, so I know that he really talked about his growth at the first two years and how he really wants to back off a little bit in some areas and make sure that they're marketing and that they're right. in the right area. So I know his business plan is, you know, projected for years out there. So it's a good feeling. Awesome. Nice. Congratulations to yeah, you guys you. and to you. Thank you yeah. for sitting down with us. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, we had like the little mini inter- interview when we came here with the beer bus like over the summer. And I was like, I love her. Can we come back? <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny because um, a couple of my friends listened to it and they're like, you said the fuck word like six times. And I was like, yeah, I know. In like three minutes, it was bad. <laughs> but um, that was my favorite thing when you reached out to me this time. You're like, you know, it's okay if you cuss. And I was like, oh, I don't have yes. to I don't have to prep so much. You yeah, know, no. my nope. natural habitat. Yep. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you guys for coming in. It's yeah, of course. fun to see you guys. And it really is how I learned so much about other breweries and other people in the craft community. So thank you. I enjoy listening to you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Cool. We're out. Thank you all so much for listening. And don't forget, use our code BB20 to get 20% off your ticket to ride the Atlanta Beer Bus. We'll be back in two weeks with a lady who'd love to share something with you. And we hope you'll join us. Cheers. Cheers.